0: for it. There it is. Good morning. Good morning. You guys can stand. Welcome everyone here at watching Online and at our campuses, Appleton and Stevens Point. Glad to be here with you guys. You guys missed it in the first service. I came on and there was an awesome like vocal effect on my voice. It was like echoes and stuff and I don't know my first reaction was to like rock scream. Yeah! I don't... Oh <laughs> yes! <laughs> I didn't plan that but I, I like that. I can incorporate that this morning. All right, rock screams aside. Let us uh, recite together the Apostle Creed. This is our statement of faith and what we believe here at Celebration Church. We say we believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Well, cool. Yes, my name is Phil Gunger, one of the pastors here. Um, excited to be here with you guys this morning. Did anyone get blown away? Like the wind here in Green Bay was crazy. I guess over in Stevens Point, they got covered in ice. Ha ha! <laughs> well, I shouldn't laugh. The ice got the better of me yesterday. We were out like shooting sporting clays and of course the course is like covered in ice. Uh, now, it wasn't while I was shooting, so it wasn't anything dangerous, but we're trying to walk you know, from station to station. And I'm standing on some ice and I immediately feel myself starting to slide. And I was like, uh-oh, this is not gonna go good. And so sure enough, my feet went out underneath me and I landed flat on my butt, but I saved the gun. Okay. <laughs> All the hunters say, yes. good job, good job. <laughs> so today I want to talk about putting God first. All right. How many of you love to win? Woo-hoo! We're in Green Bay, right, Tidal town, Go pack. I know it wasn't a great year, but that's okay. You guys could've given me more there. That's all right. <laughs> like, we're waiting, we're waiting for it. Not this year, yeah, but anyway, uh, love to win. I love to win, love to be in first place, right? How many of you guys have someone in your life that they're just, they're really intense about it and will put anything in a competition with you, right? You do something and they're like, oh, I can do that better, I can do that better, right? If not, that just means that apparently you haven't grown up with lots of siblings. Because what I have learned, so I grew up with my sister, but she's four years older than me. We didn't uh, compete about too much, but I've got four kids now, and uh, three boys. I won't point out one of them over here somewhere. Just kidding, Parker. (laughs) And uh, two of those boys, though, are expert competitors. They can turn anything into a competition. And I mean anything, how many of you have kids and know that this is absolutely an amazing feat? And it's been, I've been so impressed with it that I've actually started keeping a log. And when they get into an argument, of course you find out about it after they start yelling. And I'm like, what's this argument about? Well, we, so for example, one of them, uh, they were uh, at the dinner table table, and I'll just call him Son One. Son One has a Tostito tostito chip, those little round corn chips and Apparently he was showing off how fast he could eat it by moving his teeth like this. So he's Ning, ng, 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 ng. Ning, ng, ng. look at this, look how fast I can eat this chip. Ning, ng, ng, ng. Of course, son too is like, whoa, no, 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 no. Look how fast I can do it. Ning, ng, 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 ng. No, no, you're not doing it right. No, the, look at this. That's a small chip. That's a small chip. You gotta use a chip like this. And it gets into this whole argument about who can chew the stinking tostito chips the fastest. Which is usually when I find out about it and I come in and I'm like, what? And at first I'm just impressed. Like that's like, that takes skill to argue over something like that. But that's not the worst. There was one time we were driving in the car and I'm going to a soccer game or something and son one uh, sitting in the front seat and he's got his soccer shorts on and he's sitting there doing this with his shorts, kind of pulling them up and he goes, look how long my underwear is. He's He's got on boxer briefs, so he's sitting there, look at that, look how long my underwear is, it's so long. For no apparent reason, son number two decides, oh yeah, I can one-up you. And he wants to jump in on this. And just like, no, nah, you gotta see how long my underwear is. Pulls it up, and then son's like, no, nah, you got like tidy whities on, man, look at this. And they go back and forth, and they're in this argument about who has the longest underwear. And I'm just sitting there in amazement, like I know I need to tell them to stop arguing, but I kinda wanna see where this goes. And they just, they go off and I've got, oh goodness. Yeah, so I, I could probably do a full 30 minutes on just those stories, but I've got to move on a little bit. But uh, they just love to be in first because there's something inside of everyone, not just little boys, everyone, right? I mean, I love being first. I love competing and trying to win. You know, I used to play uh, soccer until my body started falling apart. <laughs> I'm like two surgeries in and I have one more to go. It's probably about the time that I should stop. I don't get paid to play, okay? So there's no reason to put my body through that. But I just loved the sport of it and the competition. And how many play, uh, here play fantasy football during football season? Yeah. I know, we shamefully, like, yes. They should come up with a cooler name than fantasy football. But anyway, uh, <coughs> I get it, it's fake, yeah, yeah. But I love playing. Picking your, you know, you pick your guys and you put your team together and you try and crush your buddies. And uh, uh, I'm in a, League with Pastor Bob and a bunch of our other close friends. We've been in since, I think, about 2005. And uh, out of those 13 years, I think I've won it like eight or nine times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the league. I, I'm having a great time, <laughs> really enjoying it. <laughs> the rest of the guys are kind of like, I think we're done fantasy football. You know, we can move on. And that's funny. If anyone else in the league does well, it's like, man, good job. Oh, you got a great team this year. If I do well, you just hear the collective groan again. But what they don't know is their pain only makes me stronger. (laughs) And I love to win, right? Because you love that feeling of accomplishment and winning. We have that inside of us. You want to know who else loves to win and be in first? God. God loves to be first in your life. He wants to be the number one. He wants to come first. Second place for him will not do. And as we read the scripture, we see this explained. You know, we start off uh, like even in Exodus. I love this example in Exodus 34 where uh, God's talking to Moses and he's like, okay, listen, the Israelites are a mess. I'm going to give you some laws and rules to take back to them. Grab a couple pieces of stone. You're going to have to take some notes. Takes them up onto the mountain. And he starts talking to him, and he's, you know, one of the first things he does, he says, Okay, listen, I'm going to give you guys some land. We're going to go kick the Canaanites and the Ananites. And the, basically, if you had an it after your name, and it, and it didn't start with Israel, you were getting whooped. And he goes, We're going to go in there, and I'm going to give you those things. Like, but when we go into these places, he said, Be careful. He didn't want him to get, you know, get buddies with them and stuff. And he said, And all of their idols that they've made to other gods, you need to destroy all of that crush it, crush it, crush it. Because he goes on to say in verse 14, he says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. See, God sets it up right there. Well, I don't want to be second place. I need to be number one. Right, and we see it even in the New Testament with, uh, you know, Jesus teaching, you know, one of the disciples comes up and says, hey, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he this to Jesus. Jesus replies, he's like, well, that's easy. It's number one, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. We see here again, Jesus telling him, listen, God needs to be number one. That should be your goal in life is to make him number one in your life. And of course, you know, we hear this, we come in to church and we're all, you know, those of us who are followers of Christ, like yes, yes, God should be first, God should be first. Uh, It's easy to say when we're here at church, and then we get out into our lives, and then life hits us in the face, and then problems come along, right? And then we have the ah reaction of just life hitting you, and you run around trying to fix everything, okay? And that's a natural thing, but we've got to start to learn how do we put God first in all of that stuff. And this is something that I am learning to love about Lent. Maybe learning to like. I should say love's pretty intense. But uh, I didn't grow up, you know, in a traditional church. We celebrated Lent, you know. I thought it was something those Catholics did. Not at all. It's just religion and this and that. But being here and hearing this teaching lately, if you guys heard any of this, the whole idea is about making room for God. And I was like, wow. Now that is something that I can apply to my life. And it's great because in Lent, what, you're, you know, what we've been encouraging here at the church is, why don't you take something in your life and put it aside, right? So it could be like um, fasting something, um, giving up a hobby, giving up something, something you like, right? Like for example, like coffee. How many of you like coffee in here? You say like, okay, I'm gonna give up coffee. And instead I'm gonna take that time and those, those urges when it hit me to drink coffee and I'm gonna make room for God and say, no God, I, I want that coffee, I need that coffee. I don't know how I'll get through my day without that coffee, But God, I'm going to put you first, and I know you'll be there. And it's this whole idea about making room in your life for God. And see, what's so neat about that is you are basically training yourself how to respond. You're training yourself how to respond in a good way so that when your feelings inside of you go, ah, I need this, this is happening, this is going on, your first thought isn't just a freak out, your first thought, okay, 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 seek God first. God, I'm freaking out about this, but... I'm gonna seek you first. You know, when Jesus teaches uh, us this in Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, he's giving his famous sermon on the mountain. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Do you see how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is just here today and then gone tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you you of little faith. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Then Jesus says this. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first God. And you keep, are you keeping him first? As it goes on to say, because then all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry of itself, for each day has enough trouble of its own. Sometimes I just read that verse. Each day has enough trouble of its own. (laughs) Right, sometimes life hits you and it is tough. And here Jesus is saying, listen, you're gonna have things that you're worried about. You're gonna have things that you need in your life. But if you let that worry become the most important thing when all of a sudden you feel that worry and your attention goes to that you're putting that worry just over God you're saying well should I feel guilty when I'm worrying no no you don't feel guilty if you feel stressed out about things I mean that happens it happened to Jesus in the garden he's sitting there in the garden praying this was right before he was going to be like betrayed and uh, crucified on the cross uh, And he knew what was coming and he wasn't super excited about it <laughs> and so he's sitting there and he's in the garden and he's praying you know he's down there and he's there and he's sweating drops of blood, which if you're sweating drops of blood, you're having some serious stress in your life. And he says, Father, if there's any way to take this cup from me, basically, God, I don't want to have to do this. But then he says, but not my will, but yours be done. See, he puts God first in that situation. And that's something we have to learn. That's, again, that's part of the... the the, the training you're giving yourself when you say no to something and putting God first in your life, you're doing that so you can learn how to respond with God first in your life. Otherwise, you make those worries way more important than God. And the things that you're worrying about, it's not like they're evil things, right? I mean, we want you to eat. You need to eat. We certainly all want you clothed. I mean, this is a come just as you are, church, but not a come just, just as you are, okay? Like, you need to have some clothes on and uh, please, for the sake of all the rest of us, but not to worry about the Because you put the worry and you put that desire and all that stuff up here, all of your focus, all of your energy goes straight to that and you're not giving any energy to God. Because you're saying in your life, well, my life can't be whole until I have this. Now, it's an important need, yes. That's why God says, hey, listen, seek me first, I'll give you that stuff. And when God gives you stuff, he gives you stuff better than what you could get. Amen? And this is something, you know, when we get these, you know, kind of disciplines like Lent that you can start to, to get into your own life, and you need to get these into your own life so you can start teaching these to, to your kids, for those of you who have kids. You know, because it's very easy sometimes for your kids you know, as they grow up and they start thinking about life and all the stuff they have to do and if you're encouraging your kids like I am, you know, Parker, the scripture says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. <laughs> Amen. So you just keep that, just write that one on your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, my kid. He's, he is, he's like the most easiest kid ever. He's wonderful your brothers give us some hard times no just kidding <laughs> but you know so it's good for them they got to move on the house you're going to get a job you need to go get an education you need to need do that stuff you need some money all, yes yes all that stuff is good stuff but don't so lay that on them that it's like this weight and this pressure and this worry in their life because then what they're going to do is they're going to think oh i can't be happy i can't be whole i can't be complete unless i have those things and now you're teaching them to put things first and not put god first you know, and I know it's tough because your life gets busy and you want the best for your kid, but sometimes you do that at the risk of putting God second. You know, like, well, we can't uh, make all these church services and all this stuff because uh, we got to get in or get our kids are doing this or get our kids doing that. Some of you got your kids doing so much stuff, like you can go like three, four months without being at church. And it's good for kids to do stuff. It's good for them to achieve things and succeed. And I'm not saying that stuff's evil. I'm just saying just, be careful of what you're teaching your kids what's most important in their life. Are they putting God first in everything? And I was fortunate enough to grow up uh, learning this. You know, I had parents who taught this. You know, in the good times and the bad. And if you've ever heard any of the crazy stories from my father, you've heard this. there's been some bad. Uh, someone, as I've been going out and speaking more, because I, I do this the laugh your way thing as well, basically I take all the gigs that uh, are too small for my dad. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> but uh, um, but anyway, people were come to me say, "Do you have crazy stories like your dad?" I'm like, "Oh, thank the Lord, no, <laughs> no, I, I have saved myself from a lot of stress." I said, "In fact, my dad is my crazy story. <laughs> that that is the craziness I get to share with everyone else. <laughs> you know, but no matter what was going on." How crazy it got. My parents always put God first. Would there be some freak out? Oh, there'd be some freak out. Yeah. Ah! But then I'd be like, okay, okay. Let's trust God. Let's trust God. Let's put him first. All right? And, and, and they would show it to us even in the little things. You know, something as simple as before, every meal we prayed. You know? you try and take a bite of something, you get slapped upside the head. Hey, pray. Well, it was because the food needed our prayer no. Would anything have awful happened to me if I ate that without eating? No. But it was this idea of you put God first. Every time we went on a trip in the car to go anywhere or jumped on a plane, first thing, my dad would always stop everyone and he would pray. He would just say, God, just pray we have an awesome trip, awesome time, keep us safe. Just boom, putting God first. We're getting ready to take off, have someone, God's going first. In fact, I remember once when we took like our, I think it was like our first Big family vacation. Uh, we didn't grow up taking lots of those because we didn't have any money, so we didn't go on vacations. But my dad had started this business, and the business had finally gotten to the point where he could take his family on a vacation, so he's like, I'm taking us to Jamaica. Yaman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we get down to Jamaica. We had a blast. One of the first things he does is this, this, this guy who was our guide there, he asked the guy, he's like, hey, are there any churches around? Can you take us to one of them on Sunday morning? And it wasn't out of this thing of, well, it's our religious obligation. You know? It It was because, no, we're just gonna put God first. And thank God that we could go on a vacation. Let's give him some praise in this thing. So we did. We went to this church, tiny church. I mean, if you had 50 people in there, it'd probably be standing room only. And we were by far the whitest things that had walked into that church (laughs) in a long time. (laughs) It was not one of those churches you just slide in, they won't notice us here. You're like, ah. So yeah, they noticed us. And I tell you what, I I can't remember what the preacher preached. I don't remember the songs we sang. I'm sure they weren't my church jams, you know. But the idea wasn't about going to church for me. It was about this idea of going to church because we're giving time to God. And it was such an impactful lesson because I didn't want to go. And that's what my mom would always tell me, Phil, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. I said, yes, but I, I still have to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to go. You get, she wouldn't let it go. She was going to drill inside of me. the of, You get to go. You get to go and worship God and put God first. And it, speaking of my mom, with her, my goodness. You know, she's, she's passed, but that woman for 20 years, she'd hear reports of, you're going to die. She'd say, put God first. And she'd hear reports, you're healed. Great put God first. It's no matter what she went through, she put God first. And I was like, wow. Look at the strength that she had from that. And see, that's what I want to get in my life. That's what I want to teach to my kids. So as my kids grow up, that they're not just always chasing stuff, but they're looking, how do I put God first in all this stuff? Yes, chase stuff. Yes, go out, go to college. Yes, get a job, son, and move out. But don't forget to put God first in your life. You know, and, th- and this is something that I love, even about this, uh, if, if you guys have heard, Celebration Church has a gap year program. A gap year is where, you know, kids who graduate high school, before they jump into college, before they start this next big step in their life, they're gonna say, hold on, that stuff's important. Yeah, we, yeah we're gonna do that stuff. But first, we're gonna give a year to God. And it's very impressive. In fact, yeah, yours, I heard you come in. yeah. So I thought of people just wondering why there's a guy back there staring at me. Anyway, this is one of the guys, Micah, give him a hand. So Micah's one of the Transition One students, Uh, came from L.A., clearly you know this was for God. Okay, (laughs) this wasn't like, hey, I'll take a year and enjoy the beach and the good weather. This was like, no, I'm going to go to Wisconsin in the middle of the winter. That's clearly for one reason for God. But anyway, I just wanted him to share a little bit about his testimony of just taking time to take this year, putting God first in his life.
1: Yeah, putting God first, um, it's a big step. I can remember like a year ago, not being anywhere close to where I am with God right now. Um, and so what, they, what we do at T1 every single morning before we start class, before we start our day or anything, uh, we take an hour to pray. Um, when we take an hour to really, like, think about what's been, going in our, what's been going on in our life and what we've been going through and give it all to God. And we start the morning that way with 30 minutes of prayer and worship and journaling. And we go into another half hour of just sharing it out. Um, and learning to actually, like, physically put God first in our life has become more of a habit now. Like, the first month, it was kind of like, oh like, every single day. Am I even going to be at, like... Am I going to remember stuff to pray about? Am I going to remember like things to write down? But the first month, it was okay. And then the second month, and the third month, and the fourth month, and the fifth month. And now it's just like it's a habit now. So when I wake up and I'm not like at school or if I'm not going to school, it's like, okay, let's take some time. Even if it's not half an hour, let's take some time to pray. Let's take some time to reflect. Let's take some time to really think about what God's been doing in my life. Um, and then the rest of choosing to put God first has more become like learning about how big, how powerful, how strong he is, Um, learning about how big he is, that he's outside of this universe, he's outside of any physical limitation that we could put on him. And so we, I think that learning about that, learning that he's just bigger than all of this, bigger my circumstance, bigger than the politics that are going on, bigger than stuff that's just going on in my life. Uh, that's really comforting to know that I serve a God and that I'm praying to this God and I'm crying out to this God that I know is, is so much bigger than all of this stuff in my life. Um, learning about how complex and crazy like we are as people and how big and complex and crazy this universe is and how everything is tuned so finely and everything is perfect and exact and the attention to detail. Um, in our bodies and in the plants and the animals and stuff is, is insane and thinking, oh, like, I'm praying and serving a God who created this, and I'm praying and serving a God who did this, who came up with this from scratch. Um, and it's, it's awesome and it's great. Uh, and also learning that there's nothing impossible for God. Uh, David going up against Goliath, uh, Sarah having kids, Lazarus being raised from the dead, a virgin birth, all of these things that we hear about in the Bible, these miracles, that is the same God that I'm coming to, and that is the same God that I'm loving, and that's the same God that I'm praying for and asking for all of these things, and um, learning about all of these qualities have had lots of fruitful repercussions. Learning about nothing is impossible, and really letting that seep in, not in not just head knowledge, but letting that get into my heart and letting it become heart knowledge, has changed my prayer life. Because now I'm praying big prayers, but I'm not praying big prayers in like doubt. We're praying big prayers in fear. Now they're big prayers in confidence and they're big prayers in faith that he's going to work and that he's actually going to do what, whatever I think I can't fathom. I know that he's got it 100%. Um, my dependency on him has grown. He's the first person that I go to when I'm struggling, and he's the only person that I acknowledge that's going to be able to fix whatever situation is at hand. I'm going to redeem the situations that I'm going through. Uh, my worshiping of him has changed. Learning to like take the little things. like I've got 10 fingers and 10 toes, and I can see and I can hear and I'm walking and I'm smelling and I'm tasting and I'm you know I have somewhat of a normal life right now um, (laughs) that these little things in life are all because of him these little things in life aren't just like oh like these are just random things that are happening these are very intentional and it's it's all because of God God's keeping all of this together um, and that's so cool and lastly uh, throughout these six months and then on into these next three months as we go to South Africa I'm comforted by his plan, and I'm content with where he has me right now, and the future that I have, even though I might not know all of it, I might not know 100% of it, and some of it might be, you know, totally off from what I'm thinking right now or what I've got planned, um, but I am totally 100% confident that it's going to be all right, because God's got me, and I might slip up, and I might mess up, and things might not go the way that I want them to go, but I know that God's got a plan, and that's the best plan for me, so. Amen. Awesome, man. Thank you so much.
0: I know your generation gets a lot of grief, but it looks pretty bright with guys like you. Sharp guy. So again, let this just be another reminder in this season to find ways that now, maybe you don't have any huge problems in your life now, but just find those little things. Start training yourself to react the right way. You know, take this time and this season that we're in of Lent, making room for God to maybe find some things that you want, but you choose to say no, because God, I'm going to put you first in this right now. And just sort of train yourself. And start getting this into your kids so that they can go on. And as they're attacking life and jumping into these things, no matter what they run into, they think, wait, I've got to keep God first in this thing. And just watch how God blesses your life, blesses their life. Amen? All right. well, Speaking of the T1 students, i actually like to bring out, the, bring out the rest of your friends. <laughs> and uh, these guys are getting ready. Yeah. These guys are getting ready to head off to South Africa. So just ask Pastor Joe to come up here, and he's going to pray uh, for them. Just ask you guys to join with as we send them off for three months in South Africa.
2: Great honor and privilege to uh, pray for these guys, to have worked with all of them this last six months. And uh, Celebration Church, you have a lot to be proud of. We have uh, got this program underway, and uh, it's just been really cool being with these students. They've done a great job. As you can see, we have quite a variety that we're going to be presenting to South Africa. (laughs) Brian, in all of his glory. Every one of them has aced their courses. Every one of them has done well. Every one of them has shown great respect and they've grown spiritually. It's been an incredible journey for all of us. And now we're getting ready to take the next step. So tomorrow we leave to go to South Africa. Pastor Bob's going to be going with us. Anna Kolb is going with us. Uh, Rick and Sherry Berg going also as chaperones. And uh, please keep us in your prayers as we journey over there. It's going to be so cool. And they're going to have a great time, and they're going to bless Grace Point Church while we are there. And so, uh, would you join me in prayer for them now? Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity that we have to go overseas and to participate in the body of Christ in Johannesburg, South Africa. Wow. Thank you, Lord God, for all of these students and the, the growth that they have exhibited over this last six months Lord Jesus, thank you for their service here at this church and in our community. We pray, Lord, that you will bless them, strengthen them, give them great confidence and peace. Pray for their parents, that you will give their parents peace as well in the absence of their child halfway around the world. And God, that uh, this time will be a great time of growth and putting you first. And Lord, that you will honor and bless them as they have put you first. Lord, that others might hear your good word in South Africa. We love you, Lord, and thank you for this school. In Jesus' name, amen.